Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Seasons greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I'm JP Mosier. And we are breaking down our favorite songs of the last like 50, 60 years. We're going to tell you why they're great, why we think they're great, and why you should too. Uh, I'm excited about today's episode. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. This is uh we got, we got a lot to cram in today, so we're 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 not listen. We ain't got time to goof around today. We we don't want to waste your time. We don't want to waste our time. We're just chock full of yummy goodness today because we're talking about one of the great American songs of the last century, and that is Piano Man by none other than Billy Joel. Give a sample. Give a listen. Let's take a listen. This is Piano Man. just play the whole song i think legally we're okay to do that but i figure like you can you probably got spotify or apple music hopefully you bought this music and you own it yourself go play it on your record player when you get home or wherever you are right now if you're in the bathroom i really hope you have a record player in your bathroom underrated I just have an eight track player in my bathroom underrated uh place to have music yeah. i think it could be comforting you know <laughs> just <laughs> i mean rick <laughs> <laughs> Give a little, give it a little spin. Uh, anyway, we said we weren't going to do this. We, we said, said we were no. Gonna, we're sorry. Stay on topic. Okay. Focus. 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 All right. Piano Man, released by Billy Joel, uh, November second, nineteen seventy three. Technically, his first single, although this was not his first album. We'll get into that in just a little bit. Uh, it comes in at number four hundred twenty nine on the Rolling Stone five hundred greatest songs of all time list. Uh, JP, do you know what it was surrounded by on that list? I do. Yay, homework. It is surrounded by It's Your Thing. By the Isley Brothers. Isley Brothers, number 428. I can't uh, tell you who to suck it to. That's right. Uh, and 430 is Blue Suede Shoes. The Blue Suede Shoes. The Blue Suede Shoes by Elvis Q. Presley. Elvis, I actually don't know his middle name. Elvis initial. Aaron. Elvis Aaron, Aaron Presley. Elvis yeah. A. Presley. With, there's some, you know the thing about his tombstone, right? Go ahead. Elvis's Elvis's middle name is misspelled on his tombstone. Uh, it is spelled the traditional way to spell Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, on the tombstone. But oh, his, I, I believe, only had one A. Really? Yeah, that is, if, if I'm remembering. I did not know that fact. It's been a long time, but, uh, but his, yes. Which only fuels conspiracy theories about that he's not actually dead. Oh, So people are like, oh, they didn't even spell his They mm-hmm. buried the wrong Elvis Aaron Presley. That's right. You done messed up. Elvis A.A. Ron Presley. Um, so yeah, uh, Piano Man peaked at number 25 on the Billboard Hot 100 in April of 1974 after being released in November. That's kind of unusual. Yeah. Like now, you know, Justin Bieber puts out, a, puts out a song. Taylor Swift puts out a song. It's number one immediately. Tomorrow. Like, so that's kind of strange. But uh, it was uh, uh, fueled by... Uh, I think getting a lot of radio airplay, which sort of got a kind of a groundswell of support 
Um, and uh, something I learned about Billy Joel in researching the song actually was that his career kind of took a big jump based on a single radio performance. Um, he did a he did a radio performance in Philadelphia uh, live in the studio, and uh, the song that they did was um, it was either the Ballad of Billy the Kid or. Uh, something else. Oh gosh, I can't think of it. Captain Jack. Captain Jack. Yeah, I believe that's it's Captain which Jack. Which ironically is on the same album. Yes, know? on um the last track of the album. And uh, on another side. On another side. Um, and uh, and it became the most requested song in that Philadelphia radio station's history, and people started calling in. And at this point, he's he's unsigned by a major label. He was signed. And we're gonna get into into this whole thing because there's a fascinating story behind this song. Um, and so Columbia records tried to track him down, you know, after that it was, they were like, you know, we got to get this guy under our wing. So, uh, anyway, radio, who knew radio used to make careers like radio almost doesn't matter at all anymore. I guess it does, but not nearly to the degree it did. Video did in fact kill the radio star to a great degree. Um, and now I feel like video almost doesn't matter either. What does matter? What what matters anymore? Podcasts. Uh, podcasts. Podcasts matter. Good call. Um, so a little bit of backstory. Uh, Piano Man is a kind of a fictionalized, but not entirely retelling of Billy Joel's experience as a kind of piano lounge uh, player singer uh, in uh, 1972, 1973 at, uh, at a bar uh, in Los Angeles called the Executive Room. Um, and... Uh, he basically what happened and just chime in here, Dude, whatever you're, you're you roll it. I'll give nuggets um, of goodness as I hear him. Basically what happened is he was signed uh, to a, an independent record company called family records. Uh, and they signed him to a 10 album deal. Um, and his first album cold spring Harbor um, comes out and he gets the record. Now this is story. I don't know if this is fact, but this is factual. I don't know if this particular story is true, but the story goes that he, he pulls out the record, puts it on his turntable, realizes that it has been mastered wrong. Um, and this part is definitely true. The album was mastered wrong and it was mastered in such a way that it played back at a faster speed than it was supposed to. Um, and so what happens then is if, if on a record, if it plays back too fast, it raises the pitch of the songs, it raises the key of the songs and it raised the pitch of his voice and made him sound weird, um, made him sound kind of chipmunky and, um, and whatever. So that part is all 100% true. The, the, the rest of the legend is that he, pulled the record off of his turntable runs it out and smashes it, throws it down the street in, in disgust. And, um, and so immediately is like, I've done a horrible thing. This I've got to get out of this record deal, whatever runs off to LA where they can't find him and start singing at this, this place called the executive room. Um, under the name of Bill Martin, under the name, Bill Martin, uh, which is actually his name. Yeah, his name true. is William Martin Joel. Um, <clears throat> so he's playing. He's playing piano at the executive room under the name Bill Martin. And this song is loosely based on some of the real people that he met and and got to know, and some of the regulars at the executive room. Um, for example, there was really you know John at the bar, and he was the the bartender who worked during his shift, and he would get him drinks for free. And you do you know, look anything up on him? On John, the bartender? I did. No, did you go deep research on John? His name is actually Ian McLean, Okay. but drunk people can't say Ian. <laughs> so they're just like, John. <laughs> so he became John at the bar. So everybody called him John, wow. but his real name is Ian. Ian McLean. Ian. Old Ian. Yeah. John. Yeah. John. <laughs> Uh, I'm the, just gonna start doing that whenever I don't know somebody's hey, name. John. Hey, John. John, what's up? John, hey, buddy. That's hilarious. Okay, please tell me you did research on all the people. A little bit. Are uh, you serious? Yeah, Paul. He's actually a real estate guy that was writing. He was writing a book there, and he that's real. That's yeah. real on him. He was I, a real estate. He, he was trying to write like the next great yeah. American novel. I couldn't find anything on Davy other than his name rhymes with Navy. Yes, that's the only thing I got on. Yeah. And I actually did you look something. I did Davey a little stuff? more on him, but I didn't. I didn't write it in my notes. Ah, okay. But apparently um, they had 
uh, met uh, pre. Uh, yeah, this, there's backstory to Davy too, and his we'll name was actually Davy. Okay, that's his real name. It's not Ian, right? Um, and the waitress in practicing politics is his wife, mm-hmm. Elizabeth Weber. Yeah. Um, so yeah, on that. But nothing quite as good as Ian. Ian McLean. I can't but, believe you went you went deep research on Ian. A little bit. Uh, AKA John at the bar. Um, so, so what, what happens is, okay, so Cold Spring Harbor came out first, I think it was 1971. Um, but it, it was an independent label. And so when he didn't go out and tour to support it, you know, and they didn't have like, it just sort of flopped because it was such a disaster. And so really it wasn't a major release. It ended up, it almost didn't even count. Um, but what happened was, uh, I mean, it, it included songs that, you know, it had, she's got a way was on cold spring Harbor. Um, but, uh, because of this weird mastering thing, um, and, and, and it turned out the deal was no good for Billy Joel at all. He basically signed a deal, which gave him no rights to his songs. He had, no publishing rights that he retained. Um, and so Columbia tracks him down. Columbia records tracks him down and, uh, they work out a deal with family records to get him out of his record contract. Um, I think it was a little nicer than say, uh, the deal that Johnny Fontaine got in the Godfather. I think it was a little, a little nicer than that deal, but maybe not much. I don't know how you get somebody out of a 10 album deal and get them some of their rights it's back. A good Italian reference. Going Thank with you. This song That's good. Uh... Do what I can. Um, so, but anyway, they, but family records still received sales royalties on all his records on all Billy Joel's records for the next 15 years. So all the way up until th- uh, all the way up through 1986's album, the bridge from, from the early seventies through the mid eighties, this company that signed him to this deal and botched his first album release was getting sales royalties off of his records. When was Stormfront? Was that- Stormfront was uh, early nineties, okay. like 1991, um, 1990. You know what? Yeah. Very early nineties okay. or, or absolute latest eighties. Um, so, uh, so they're still making bank, you know, off this deal up for, for 15 more years, but Columbia to the rescue, they came, uh, and got him, got him out of his deal, but cold spring Harbor was remixed, uh, and re-released and even some parts of it were retracked in 1983. Oh, wow. Uh, and it was re-released, but by family records again, because they owned the okay. master tapes Columbia didn't own those tapes. Billy Joel didn't own those tapes. Family Records, they, they're like, we got this one Billy Joel album, and by golly, it's going to make us again. as much money as we can. So they actually went back into the studio, brought in some studio musicians, and re-recorded parts of it to try to improve the sound and uh, whatever. Now, allegedly, Billy Joel says it still sounds terrible, <laughs> um, but he strikes me as the kind of guy who would say that out of spite. Yeah. He's, he's the most fighting New Yorker, he's, he's like New yeah. whatever through and through. Um, so a, a little bit about the content of the song. like we said, it's partially autobiographical. Um, and, um, but it's really just about a lounge pianist, you know, who sort of meets all these people casually and just gives them sort of a relief from life like the all these people who are they're in the bar you know because they have troubles of some sort or another and them and they like the piano guy because he kind of takes them away from it for a while and you know helps them not be focused on their struggles or or um or whatever what's your do you have a do you have a favorite do you have a favorite character or do you have a oh, favorite man. line uh Man. Mine's Davy from the Navy, okay. just because I like the way it sings. Just the, I like it, his. Right. He, he kind of, you know, Billy Joel's a master of <clears throat> Billy Joel and Garth Brooks uh, are the masters of like becoming the song. And I think we talked about this in the Friends in Low Places yeah. episode. Um, you know, and so Billy Joel is not afraid to put on an accent or put on an air for a certain kind of song. So he kind of does this on this line for Davy, who's still in the Navy for some reason. I don't know why. He almost goes kind of pirate like uh-huh. almost goes like sea captain he's talking to davy who's still in the navy i'd probably go waitress practicing politics because he's so <laughs> intense and violent with he a waitress practice. how many waitresses 
Practice it. He probably politics. just big as that's his wife. He probably just had a big spat with her, and he's like, "You go practice your politics." That's probably my line that I would choose. Oh man! Um, you want to talk about the like composition of the song, like the yes the three four the it's in three four. Um, do you want to jump on this part? I of- do because okay, here's here's it's- here's where we are in this. We're gonna have we're gonna have our first disagreement on this show. Okay. Uh, it is attributed as being in three four time yeah, or or waltz time, yeah. right? So you got, um, you know, the Tennessee waltz, that sort of dance thing, uh, and and other songs that are online attributed to, to being in three four time. Do you want to count to, out to, how three four sounds? I I will in just a second. Okay. Uh, but to give you an idea of what this is being compared to, uh, other songs that are online called in three, four time would be something like Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. I actually wrote that down. Uh, Kiss, Kiss from, from a Rose. Rose. Okay. We've been on the same website. Yeah, I saw here. that one. Um, and, and this one really chapped my hide. Joe Cocker's version of, uh, with a little help from my friends is listed as being in three, four time. The only problem with those songs is that none of them are in three, four time. None of those songs are in three, four time. And I'll tell you why. This is for the music folks out there. This is for the this is for the theory nerds. Okay, uh, I have a great book uh, that was recommended to me by my college um, uh, jazz band teacher called uh, "Lies My Music Teacher Taught Me." And in this book, there's a whole chapter dedicated to this this fallacy, uh, partially of the way that we write. If you've ever looked at written music, at the beginning of the, your music, it has a time signature. And it's that's that's what we're saying three four time, and that time is often explained as the top note uh, is how many beats are in a measure, and the bottom note is what kind of note gets the beat or the pulse of the music. So in three four time, it would be said that there are three quarter notes to a measure, and the quarter note or the four gets the beat. Okay. Um, the The problem with this song though is that the beat is not a, a typical waltz beat. If you were playing drums to it, you would play um pa pa um pa pa um pa pa. If you think about a carousel, if you imagine, just picture your eyes, picture, picture your eyes right now. Yes, uh, close your eyes and picture yourself on a carousel, riding around on a big porcelain horse and surrounded by crying toddlers. Okay, the music that you're hearing, that's a waltz. That's three, four time. The problem with all these songs that are listed as, as being in three, four or waltz time is that none of them feel like that. These songs all feel like so in other words, these are in six, eight time, which is one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six. And the difference is the pulse. The difference is if you were tapping along to these songs, you would tap, right? Sing us a song, you're the piano man. You wouldn't tap, sing us a song, you're the piano man. Okay. You would tap along with the pulse of the song, the drive of the song, uh, which is, so this is where the lie that we get taught in, in early music lessons comes in is because, um, in, uh, you know, we say in, in, there's this thing about anyway, it's like tertiary versus binary groove. And I'm not going to get into all that because this go way too deep. But uh, but it's there are things that are are in threes sort of technically, but really feels like a a binary beat like a um, so that anyway, the groove, the, the the pulse is 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 in a two or a four. But uh, so anyway, these are in six, eight time, everybody. They're in a slow six, eight, not a very not a fast waltz. Um, Whew. It's good stuff. Sorry, I gotta wind down from that. I'm we- getting fired up because listen, because you, you're because listen. Let's talk about Joe Cocker for a second, okay? R.I.P. Rest in rest in power, uh, Joe Cocker. Why is that a thing? Rest in power. That happened in, in the peace. last like two years. It's rest in peace, right? <laughs> yeah. But everybody on Twitter, it's always rest in power. Now I don't understand when that happened. But that song is so slow. Joe Cocker's version is of of with a little help from my friends. You know, from the one years. What would you do if I sang? Out of tune, right? So slow to say that it's in three, four is, is criminal. It is a very slow six, eight. Um, but it's so obviously the, the groove that like, I wish y'all could visually see Rob. Play. I'm literally drums. He's bringing it. Yeah. 
I, animal. I'm, I'm fired up about this. When I saw the song being attributed to three, four time, I just immediately went into music nerd rage. All I did was open up the conversation and say, <laughs> run with it, Rob. What's your take on this? Oh, man. <laughs> what I'm about, um, I do like the, the descending bass line. Yeah. That's kind of mm-hmm. cool. So. Yeah. The whole, so if you're talking in a musical scale, is this key in C? C right? It's originally okay. in C. Yeah. Um, Actually, when he does it live now, he does it in B flat. Yeah. Because Cause he's, you know, he's getting older. I mean, it's not always easy. He does, but it, my gosh, have you seen him live? Yes, with you. We said, oh, right. we said we did. <laughs> so glad it was oh, memorable. Oh, man. What, a good, <laughs> what an amazing concert. But he's still, I mean, his voice, it hasn't lost a step, yeah, but it's, it's probably because he's smart and he's taking care of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so if we want to talk about the bass line, we're in the key of C, and it basically just walks down a C scale. Yeah. C, a. B, A, G, F, E. D then to the G, G and then turns it around, it, it, does it again. Like, and pretty much the whole song. Um, and even, uh, Billy Joel himself has actually kind of criticized the song. It, he would, I mean, he's the guy who's going to knock his own music. You know, he's like, well, that song's not really that great, but, uh, he taught, he, he thinks that the song is a little boring musically because it doesn't change much. Um, you've got the one bridge section that's, you know, la, da, 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 da. that's about the only thing different musically. The rest of the song is just, um, you know, whatever. If he was recording it today, he could play it once and put it in his and, and just, just loop it, loop it yeah. the whole time. Throw in that B section just yeah. occasionally and whatever. But he said he, th- he finds it ironic that this has become a big like piano lounge hit. Um, because if you're just playing it, you know what I mean? If you're just playing background music, it's boring. It's the same <laughs> yeah. thing like 12 times in a row. It's the story and the vocal power that yeah. makes it It's really something. the lyric that, that makes it interesting and the, and the delivery. Um, and the harmonica part. And the harmonica, you know. Uh, he, apparently, Billy Joel is a big uh, Bob Dylan fan. Bob Dylan. And was inspired by him to, I think he, Bob Dylan was the first person that he had ever seen that wore the little harmonica holder and could play that while he was playing. Kind of like John Popper does. Um, yeah. Um, favorite harmonica solos. You have any? Off well, the top of your head? I mean, anything blues traveling. I mean, yeah, kind of like I actually, one of the first times I was ever wowed by a harmonica solo was John Popper, but it wasn't blues traveler. It was uh, what would you say by Dave, Dave Matthews? Matthews? Yeah. That's, a, that's uh, a which good, is, that was on my know, list. Killing. Um, I had that one in, isn't she lovely? Uh, Steve, of course, Stevie Wonder. Stevie I mean, Wonder. how how could I forget Stevie and, Wonder? Uh, Love Me Do, Beatles. It's got okay. a good harmonica okay. solo. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what? Sliding Catchy. right in there. It's not technically like it's not fancy Wowser, no, but, it's but it's singable. A good one. Yes, good call. So anyway, I think what we've established here is that I don't appreciate it when songs that are in six eight are <laughs> written down as being three four. I think uh, I, you know what? <clears throat> I need a minute. Why don't we go ahead and meet the band? Hey, let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the Let's meet the band. All right. I like to uh, kind of spearhead a lot of the meet the band section just because I like to do this homework. Um, the piano player on this is, ironically enough, Billy Joel. What? Yeah. He actually, Hot take. I know, right? Uh, and actually on the album, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about the album tied in with the meet the band yeah. part because there's a lot of different. Uh, instrumentalist on the on the album uh, billy joel does piano on here he also does organ electric piano harmonica and vocals um guitars larry carlton who played with uh okay. steely dan and jody yeah. mitchell um yeah. have you heard foreplay you heard the band foreplay yeah i don't Him know what and nathan band oh is that yeah. larry carlton and nathan East? yeah it's, okay, well, it's gonna, instrumental it's it's money i'm gonna um, be listening today he also wrote the theme for uh, hill street blues larry carlton did no kidding i didn't know that he's like a session legend yeah he's awesome so he's got i've got some of his stuff on his vinyl solo and, out it's yeah. really good um on banjo um eric weisberg who you may not know who he is i didn't either I don't. but he does the solo in dueling banjos so uh, if you're going to get a banjo player, wow. you get the banjo player. Interesting. So he's that guy. Um, the guy that plays violin on the album is a guy named Billy Armstrong, not the guy from Green Day. No relation. No relation to, uh, to that gentleman. Um, <laughs> another guitar player on the album is Richard Bennett, who I didn't know much on other than he does the lead guitar solo on Let Your Love Flow by the Bellamy Brothers, oh. we were just talking about earlier. Um, and he uh, was in Vince Gill's band, Notorious Cherry Bombs. Okay. Um, there are two drummers on the album. A guy named Rice Clark only plays on one track, which is track 10 of the album, which is Captain Jack. But on one through nine, um, which is this one, is a guy named Ron Tut. 
um, who was Elvis's drummer, like for the majority of his early career. Okay. Um, he also, after Elvis passed, he then played with Jerry Garcia. And when Jerry Garcia passed, he plays now with Neil Diamond. Huh. So he's only played touring with three people. Wow. He started in 72 and people pass and he moves on to someone else. So <laughs> watch out, you. Neil Diamond. <laughs> right. Um, well, I will play with you until you die. Yeah, I know. Right. Um, wow. Backing vocals on the, uh, Laura Kramer, who uh, married J.D. Souther, wrote Heartache Tonight and really? Rest of My Love. Yeah. Okay. Um, also backing vocal, Mark Kramer, who I'm guessing is her brother. I don't know. Same last name. Some sort of family member. Bass on this is, uh, there's two bass players on the album. First one is Wilton Felder, who plays bass on Jackson 5's I Want You Back. And the other one was, uh, yeah, yeah. How different is that? Billy Joel wow. and, and Jackson 5. Okay. Uh, and the other bass player, I don't know which one is on this track. I couldn't find it. But the other one is uh, Emery Gordy Jr., who married Patty Loveless. Okay. Do you happen to know if Wilton Felder is any relation to Don, Don Felder? Don Felder. Oh, man. I didn't even think that until I just read the last name. Huh. They both play stringed instruments. I mean. Would you look at that? Pretty much any time I see people who are in close correlation with the same last name, I assume that they're related. So we're just going to go ahead and say it. We're going to give them credit. That's a certified fact. That's right. We um, could include that on Wikipedia and not, and not bat an eye. Producers, which is where this gets really cool. Did you see who produced it? I well, I saw. I think I know where Michael you're going. Michael Omardian. Michael Omardian. Michael Omardian. Um, and he actually played some accordion on the album too. Did he? Um, you want to tell the folks? Most of the folks listening probably don't know much about Michael Omardian. I'm. A, we came. I'm a. I'm. I'm in my 30s. Um, in the 80s, he pretty much produced every 80s and 90s. Produced every Christian album yeah. around. Anything by Amy Grant, he did. Um, and he is the. Only producer with a number one record in three decades. Really? Yes. He has a number one record in three decades. He's the only producer that, with that's that? That's what I, he's, if not the only, he is towards the top. Somebody said, I think he's the only one. I can't, there's, I'm sure there's another one. There's gotta be. There's gotta be. But yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He, uh, in 81, Christopher Cross's album. Yeah. 91, Amy Grant, Heart in Motion. Um, and oh, oh, this is neat. He um, married Stormy Omardian, yes, who's a big, uh, big chicken Christian. soup for the yeah, uh, Christian artist, right? It, yeah, it, author. Oh, no, I'm sorry, no, no, not, not, chicken, not soup. chicken soup, no, 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 power of a praying, yeah, wife, power of a praying, power of a praying dog, power of a praying child, power of a praying house cat. It's all <laughs> so when I was doing my Stormy Omardian homework, this is my favorite fact about her, other than she's married to Michael Omardian, who produced this album. She was in a long term relationship with Steve Martin. What? Yeah, Stormy. Stormy. Go get him. So she would have either been Stormy Omardian or, or Stormy, Stormy Martin. Martin. Yeah. Interesting. Right, right on that. Who's like, also a good musician, Steve Martin. Yeah, banjo. Banjo player. Hey. So she chose accordion over banjo. Do you know Michael Omardian's <laughs> number one instrument is accordion? That's I would have thought guitar, very piano, weird. something like that. Apparently number that, one that's his that's his, lead, that's his instrument it's like well, you want to hear me really go you should hear me, me shred some accordion break out this accordion case um other guitar player on the album dean parks who played with bread after jimmy griffin left i'm a huge bread fan i'm one of the 12 of you I i'm a huge bread fan but probably not in the same way yeah <laughs> good pen um toured with crosby stills and nash uh kenny loggins andre crouch everybody um let's meet the band excellent that's a good band to meet. That's a good band. Any band with Billy Joel is a, I mean, that's a band worth meeting. Um, Got anything on covers? Got any good covers? I don't, I really didn't see any notable covers. Do you have some? Yeah, Dolly Parton did one in 99, and it won her a Grammy, actually. What? 99, Dolly Parton did a cover. I have got to hear yeah, it. I'll have to check it out. Dolly um, Parton. Dolly Parton. And uh, Phil Vassar closes every one of his shows with this song. I did see that. But I just didn't feel like Phil Vassar counted. I like Phil Vassar. <laughs> I've seen Phil Vassar accidentally a couple times. I saw, I went to a, a show at the Ryman that it was supposed to be Marshall Tucker and Charlie Daniels. Yeah. Marshall Tucker canceled. So they needed to fill in with somebody. So that last minute, Nashville and Phil Vassar stepped up. Huh. And the opener was Taylor Swift. Really? It was a long time ago. She was just getting started. So picture this Taylor Swift. Then Phil Vassar, then Charlie Daniels. <laughs> so the crowd was the weirdest crowd I've ever sat beside. I had like a seven-year-old girl to my right and like a 
sixty year old drunk man to my left. It was like this waving is, a flag. Yeah, it was like I'm glad I'm sitting between these two, or this could just be weird. But yeah, Phil Vassar, he was a very, very good. Uh, just another day in paradise, Carlene. I, I'm a Phil Vassar fan. So. Uh, he's not really on my radar. Yeah, I'm like I'm aware him. of him, but I didn't I didn't count him in uh, in trying to account for these covers. Um, have you heard? Uh, have you heard the Ode to a Superhero? Obviously, being the weirdo. Yes, guy? I like, no. Yeah. That's that's one that I I've got a note on uh, because I'm a huge Weird Al Yankovic fan, as we've already discussed on this podcast. Um, and Weird Al did a did a parody of this song uh, in 2003 entitled "Ode to a Superhero," which basically just told the plot of the 2012 film Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah. It was literally just laid out. If you had not seen the movie, um, just hear the song. It's just listening to the song. Sling us a web, you're the Spider-Man. <laughs> Sling us a web. The best the best line in Weird Al's version uh is really just a dig at um uh who's the guy that played uh, Green Goblin? Um Willem Dafoe. Um he's got a line about he uh about Green Goblin and he and he has a weird mask, but he's scarier without it on. Ah, That's a great line. Okay. The way it lands in the song is 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 uh, really funny. So and also because Willem Dafoe's weird looking, let's just say it. Um, let's just let's just call a spade a spade. He's uh, no Tobey Maguire. He's no Tobey Maguire. Who's your favorite Spider-Man? Do you have a favorite? I like Tobey Maguire. You will? Yeah. Oh, he's my least favorite really? easily. I like, I like him because yeah, he's he's Spider-Man for me. I, no, I don't like him. Yeah, I do. <laughs> not a fan. I'm, I mean, whatever. I'm sure he's a fine individual, but as Spider-Man, I did not your guy. No, nope, who, who do you like? Not my guy. guy. I'm okay with either Andrew Garfield. Uh, or uh, the uh, the new guy Tom um, that's playing him. Shoot, I, I thought he did a phenomenal job in Homecoming and in uh, uh, Civil War. Um, what is his name? Tom Holland. I not, think that's it. Tom Holland. Not Tom Hanks. <clears throat> no. Not Tom Cruise. No, I believe it is Tom Holland. Uh, a fine job. I would take either one of those any day uh, as as Spider Man. I, I I'm not sure that I could pick a favorite between the two of them. I think they're both great. Um, both British also. So, you know, know, of course, let's put them as Spider-Man, the the New Yorker. Yeah. Um, All right. What else you got? Do you know uh, the Billy Joel's favorite song when they interviewed him? What he thinks his favorite song? No. Scenes from Italian Restaurant. He thinks Mm. is the best song that he's written. That makes sense. That's a good, really sitting, uh, sitting, watching his show when Scenes from an Italian Restaurant comes on was really an experience. Like it, that was a nice experience to have with a stadium full of people. It was, it was felt right. Felt great. Did you, did you follow the Mets in 2015 when they had their, their run? I know that there was something about, they would play in the eighth inning. Uh, they would play the, and when the line, the, and the manager gives me a smile, yeah. if they're winning, they would show Terry Francona, the manager, they Terry, would show Terry Collins, Francona winning. Uh no 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 Francona was uh, Indians Indians was and he? Red Sox yeah, oh, yeah. yeah Terry Terry Collins Mets manager okay well there you go yeah I got trumped on the history there <laughs> sorry I can't believe I beat you on a sports you did. reference you beat me on a baseball reference Whew, man, oh, man that is a difficult feat one up uh, so what do you have a favorite uh, you have a favorite verse I know I asked you if you had a favorite you know character but do you have a favorite verse or favorite line um, just as you know as far as lyric goes. Give me yours. Not really. Okay. Um, I mean, okay. Talking with Davy is still in the Navy. That's not like a great line. It just rhymes. It sings well, you know. Um, I do like, um, I do like the piano. It sounds like a carnival and the microphone smells like, like a, a beer. beer. That's a great picture of like lounge singer life. It's, there's no glamour. You know what I mean? And the people, they sit at the bar and they put bread in my jar and they say, man, what are you doing here? Like, you're too good for this place. Get out of this dive, you know? And I'm sure. And it, you got to imagine that's probably in Billy Joel's mind too, because he's already been in a couple of bands at this point, uh, and who have made records. Um, and, uh, and then he got, he got, you know, in this middle of this bad contract, this bad deal with this. And he's basically hiding out in this, uh, in this lounge in LA. And he's probably thinking the same thing to himself every single night. Like, Oh man, <laughs> I got to get, I got to get myself straightened out here. Dude, that story just around. I cannot believe I haven't thought about this when I was taking my notes. Do you remember where you discovered the song for the first time? Do you remember the, this is one that I can pinpoint the moment when I started to like this song. No, it's one of those things I've always just had on my, when I was in early elementary school, I had a buddy named Dylan Wolf and I would go hang out with Dylan and his parents loved Billy Joel. 
and they would play this cassette every morning. This this cassette, and uh, I remember that's I just thought of it. That's where I got introduced to it, and that's the first time I discovered Billy Joel and white grape juice. You ever had white grape juice? Mm, mm-hmm. Man, I can picture it right now. And her <laughs> scrambled eggs were a little bit different that she would make. I don't remember what it was in, but I can picture those scrambled eggs. They smoked a lot. Sorry, Wolf family, but it smelled like smoke in there. And white grape juice. And wow. Billy Joel. I just thought about that right now. <laughs> Very strange. <laughs> Weird uh, Sensory adventures. Yeah, man, that today. just happened. Um, okay, so here's an interesting note. Piano Man was... Uh, originally shortened for radio. Um, there's this long-standing sort of three-minute rule. I feel like it's expanded probably to four minutes now-ish uh, about songs on the radio, but it's you know songs like Hey Jude and other songs. You know, there's a big fight to get them on the air. Bohemian because Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah. Um, because they you know, felt like they needed to keep things moving, keep people's attention span, you know, whatever. And so... Which we have no regard for. No. We, have, <laughs> no, we do we'll, not we'll care. We're dragging out. One bit about your attention span. Um, but it was originally uh, five minutes and 38 seconds in total, and it got trimmed twice. There, were, uh, there was a shortened version, and then there was a really shortened version that got played on radio and down just over three minutes. Um, and so... On Billy Joel's next album, The Stranger, which sort of catapulted him, Piano Man was not a major hit as an album. The uh, song. The song was a was moderate big. hit, but it was, what, number 25, I think, something yeah. like that. Um, and and it didn't, you know, make him an instant star. Now, now it's his signature song, and now it's the song that everybody has to hear, uh, but it's because it, it got such radio airplay. Uh, you know, he said at the time there was still a lot of, like, independent stations that could play whatever they wanted. They didn't have like corporate overlords telling them what to play. And so those people would play it over and over and over again. Um, but so on his, on his next album, the stranger, there's a song called the entertainer, the very sarcastic song. Um, but, uh, in it, he kind of takes a dig at that. There's a line that says, uh, it was a beautiful song, but it ran too long. If you're going to have a hit, you got to make it fit. So they cut it down to three Oh five. Um, great line, great song, very acerbic. I have a thing with like Billy Joel is one of my all time favorite artists. Um, but I honestly, I have to be careful about how much I listen to him because when, if I listen to him a lot over the course of a week or, or a couple of weeks, his level of like, uh, cynicism and he's just every song of his, not every song. He's got a few songs that are just genuinely sweet and kind, but he is so, um, and, and he's fully aware that he's so like just New York gritty. I'm going to punch you in the face. Cause I want to get in a fight. Like, you know what I mean? He's, he's so, um, sarcastic in a, in an almost mean, abrasive way. Kind of want him to say at the end of good night, my angel, like you smell like cheese. Yeah. Or something. Like, like, it's, it's just, yeah. you know, everything is nothing is, is nothing good can be taken at face value yeah. with him. You know, everything is. And so after a while it's, it starts to put me in a bad mindset. Like I start to just that, that level of sarcasm starts to wear on me after a while, <laughs> even though I love all the songs and all the albums I have to like, stop myself because I go, man, I'm kind of going to a dark place here. <laughs> like, you know, he just, if you inundate yourself with that sort of like over and over and over, I start to feel a little bit, uh, a little bit, you know, wary of like, you know, things myself. It's very strange. Um, do you know any other references to this song and any of his other songs or anything he uses? Um, and the-, the, the harmonica part in, yeah, uh, you're only human. Second wind okay. is taken from, there's a sampling of the harmonica part in this. Really? Yeah. What else? I don't know if I'm familiar with yeah, that. Yeah, let's look it up. Let's look it up. Let's take a listen. So yeah, that's at the end of the, it's just the video uh, for Second Win, which I just discovered I've literally never heard. I've never heard that song before. It's like, come on, Rob, everybody knows Second Win. And you're singing along I'm singing and it. I'm going, this is totally foreign to me. I don't know. Uh, you know, one of my favorite Billy Joel songs that was uh, uh, 
not a big hit was uh, Why Should I Worry from the Disney movie Oliver and Company. I had no clue you were going to say that, but my wife just gave you a hug through the podcast. <laughs> That's her favorite Billy Joel song. She's like, why don't you do a podcast on that one instead of Piano Man? Wow. And I've never seen all of Oliver and Company, but I've probably seen that clip and heard that song 142 times just because she loves it. <laughs> oh, man. That's I awesome. Had, That's so cool. I had I the cassette as a kid, yeah? and uh, it was great. It's got, it's got this great, like, uh, it's kind of in the doo-wop Billy Joel yeah. era. You know, it's upbeat, it's, happy, it is. it's fun, yeah, not cynical. A lot of fun. That's so, good. Good call on that. Check it out. I yeah. thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna go Leningrad. I you were oh, gonna go that Leningrad. Route. We're gonna do an episode on we Leningrad might. someday. My heart just melted. Uh, yeah. Okay. A uh, couple of notes before we get out of here on this song. It hit number twenty-five on the U.S. Billboard charts, uh, but it hit number ten in Canada. Um, oh wow. And, Better in Canada. We did better in Canada. And get this. This is mind-blowing. With the exception of songs that went number one in both the United States and Canada, all of Billy Joel's singles from 1975 to 1980 charted higher in Canada than they did in the United States. No way. I never so, thought of Canada a big Billy Joel market. <laughs> strange, right? They yeah. seem a little too polite to be like yeah. Billy hey. Joel's big fan, eh? <laughs> but, uh, you know, I guess he's not a hoser. I don't know. Um <laughs> But yeah, so anyway, I, I just can't know. see them playing Billy Joel songs at a Maple Leafs game. I just don't see that. <laughs> That's not my. Um, also, this Piano Man is one of 25 recordings uh, selected by the Library of Congress for preservation in, in 2016. They select 25 sound recordings per year okay. to be uh, uh, preserved for being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Um, and so in 2016, Piano Man was. One of the songs selected by the Library of Congress to be preserved for future generations as an exemplary, you know, sound recording because of its significance. Uh, also inducted that year. This is not an exhaustive list, but some others who were on yeah, that I'm list curious what was in 2016. Uh, putting on the Ritz. Anyway, the original recording from like the 20s, not the. 80s weird cover yeah. uh, by um, oh do you remember the guy's name no but I don't was it it's like Falco or something like that yeah, maybe that's was it Falco right. maybe Falco I don't so know good. nah mm, okay we'll find out we'll do that episode next week no we will not uh, over the rainbow somewhere over the rainbow uh, Judy f- Garland yep uh, I'll fly away you um, stopped with I'll fly away I thought you said Alf 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 uh, <laughs> Alf do you know the yeah. theme song from Alf I don't gosh no I couldn't pull it out yeah. if I had to. Uh, but there's a particular recording of I'll Fly Away. Uh, American Pie. Okay. Um, the Eagles' Greatest Hits. Oh, the whole the album. Whole, the whole album was preserved as a sound recording. Yeah. Uh, the original cast recording of The Wiz. Michael Jackson. Uh-huh. Diana Ross. Great, actually. Underrated yeah. as a movie, I think. I, really I like The Wiz. An incredible cast. Um, and the last one, just take a guess. I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. It's a rap album. Uh, and it regained some significance in 2016. I was thinking because of a movie. Tupac. No, because of a movie. Movie came out. Straight out of Compton. Oh, straight out of Compton. Yeah, straight out of Compton. Preserved by the Library of Congress uh, for future generations to hear. Uh, you got any other notes on Piano Man before we move on? Uh, a little bit. I know that. Uh, well, when we're talking about dates, going back, Billy Joel won a Gershwin in 2014. Yeah. Um, I got a couple random Billy Joel facts. Um, he went to Woodstock in 69. Do you know that? Oh, he, really? Just attended? Yeah, he went. He wanted to go see Hendrix, but he left because of the foul toilets. He didn't even get to see Hendrix. No kidding. And yeah, apparently at that time, he was a really good boxer. Yes. He was like a really good boxer. Yeah. Amateur boxer. Amateur uh, boxer. He's got the nose to prove it, man. Have you? Did you know about his band in 1970? He was in a metal band called is that Attila? Attila. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I have I have the um the box set that it's called My Lives and it's uh a, a lot of it is B-sides and rare recordings and even some demos. Um and there are a couple of uh Attila recordings on there. Very strange because it was a it was a it was a heavy band, but he played the organ. Play, yeah, it's 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 weird. It was like a really distorted heavy organ. And sort of like progressive rock. I didn't know about Attila prior to this, and I probably should have, but I got excited. I was like, shut up, Billy Joel in a metal band. Yeah. Disappointing. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't it, call it, a, I, I don't yeah. know that I would go so far as to call it a metal band, but uh, 
it was very um it was it was interesting yeah. i don't i don't know it's it's something of note i will say this in that um in that box set called my lives which is now available to stream and i, I recommend it because it's fascinating some of the stuff that's on there uh it's got the original demo for piano man um that he did before they cut the studio version and <clears throat> the harmonica on the original recording has delay added to it as an effect and it's awful <laughs> and um, i love delay on everything <laughs> oh man it's okay so the thing about delay if you're a guitar a guitar player you probably know what i'm talking about you have to choose the uh the volume level of the original delay signal so you've got you know if if we're doing the old like i'm in a cave and i go hello 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 you have to choose where the delay starts. So do you want it to be equal to the original original signal? Do you want it to be lower? You know, whatever. So most of the time you get something that is, it is at a steady rate of, you know, volume uh, decay. So it's going, hello, hello, hello. But his harmonica is set to this thing where it's going, hello, hello, hello. Oh, it's this, oh and and it's like so bad. So you're getting, I can't even, I, you, there's no way you have to listen to it. Uh, it goes, it's all over the place so bad literally sounds like the karaoke machine you know that i used to like record that i started my first broadcast with with a cassette cassette tape that just had a delay knob and you just crank it up uh so bad so bad um but uh anyway that's super annoying but that that um that box set my lives is really good it's got several songs on there that are demos that later became completely different songs. Um, there's a, uh, what's uh for the longest time. Whoa. Which is acapella doo wop, you know, whatever. Uh, there's a version of it. It was originally called in the prime of your life. And it was a piano ballad. Um, I, I say ballad, but it's like a nice ding, 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 And sounds you were singing that sounded like that's all the, <laughs> oh yeah 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 um but a completely different lyric it the melody was the same but that's it uh and it had a little b section bridge that was totally different was that um the name of it was it the, it's called the prime of your life prime, how did the chorus yeah. that's how let's see there's something living in the prime of your life oh, like man. yeah, yeah. It's it's really strange. There's two or three things on there that later became entirely different songs. Um, it's all about soul that was on River of Dreams uh, was uh, was a completely different song to begin with about riding a bike, riding a, a motorcycle. Uh, and it's called um, uh, the something road. Um, uh, the road. Let's see. Oh, what is it? Jericho Road. I think. Jer- no, is that right? Jericho Road. Anyway, it's fascinating. Check it out sometime. My Lives, uh, the compilation from Billy Joel. Any other notes on Piano Man before we hang uh, it up? Just that my favorite fact about Billy Joel is he graduated high school at age 43 in 1992. What? Yep. He dropped out of high school and uh, he always wanted to go back and get his high school diploma. So he graduated at age 43 in 1992. 1992, huh? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Nice. You know what the, the saddest fact about Billy Joel is? That he hasn't put out an album of pop songs since 1993. Whoa! River of I Dreams. Didn't realize that. River I of Dreams came out in nine. I could be wrong. No, yeah, definitely 1993. River wow, of Dreams River. came out and has not recorded pop music since. Holy cow! That is heartbreaking to me, gutting to me. He's so good and so prolific. You know, like I don't want to be. I don't want to be crude, but when he dies. The amount of material that they're going to release, yeah, is going to be insane. Yeah, and well, you know, I, I wonder. I'm surprised yet because I'll be on River of Dreams. I know it's big. I know you probably really like my it, favorite. Really, yeah. I in the middle of the night. I'm not crazy about that song. Yeah, that's one of my least favorite Billy Joel songs. Yeah, I absolutely adore that album. It's in my top five albums of all time. Yeah, um, I love everything about it. It's perfect to me. But and and it ends with the song called "Famous Last Words." And the chorus of that song is, these are the last words I have to say. And then he's never put out another album. Wow. I think he did put out one song around the, around the millennium. He put, or he put out like a single, Uh um, 
but that's it. That's wow, I didn't realize that's all he's done since nineteen ninety three. Like now that. he did he did a classical record. Sure, and he's he, toured a billion Broadway times with Elton Joel. Uh, Elton, Elton Joel, Joel. <laughs> sorry, Elton. Uh, you know, Elton Joel and Eric Clampton. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, we know our songs here, guys. Let us tell you. Tim Hendrix, great guitar player. Great guy. That Timmy, he can shred it. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, he's done other stuff. Yeah, like you said, Broadway. He did Moving Out, the musical, uh, and, you know, tons of other stuff. But it, but the, that was the last pop music he put out. Um, so that's really sad. Uh, you know, I, I hope that he's just holding on to a bunch of stuff and that like, you know, he's like, this is when I die, this is going to take care of my great grandchildren, you know, whatever. Um, cause he's just phenomenal. And as a songwriter, I, there are a few better, um, as a, as a piano player, there are a few better in the rock and pop world, which begs the question, who is the best pop rock pianist of all time find out next time just kidding no 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 we're not gonna do that but we are gonna delve in for just a second for your money for your money who's the greatest pop rock piano player of all time uh man uh i mean listing wise i gotta throw elton john in the mix of conversation i know we're big both bruce hornsby fans yeah um i'm probably gonna go Stevie Wonder, he's my he's my guy. He's the one I, I would go Stevie Wonder. Man, so if you had if you had to pick one, just to, oh, just to uh, listen to play about, the piano. Oh, just him and a piano and yeah. songs. Well, I'd probably go ugh. favorites. Bruce would be my guy. He's my my pick. Yeah, but popularity wise, I would think Billy Joel would probably take it. Yeah, be- I think uh, I'm a I'm I'm not on the Elton John train as a whole. I'm just really not. He never has really connected with me much. Um, Stevie Wonder and I think Ray Charles. Um, but for me, it's Bruce Hornsby too. I got to The guy is a virtuoso. He can do anything. Uh, and um, as creative as some of these other guys are, for me, it's Bruce Hornsby. Kids, if you're out there listening and you have never schooled yourself on Bruce Hornsby, go on uh, iTunes and just listen to the album, the live album called Bride of the Noisemakers. That is all you need to know about Bruce Hornsby uh, as a musician. Uh, it feels almost wrong to close out a podcast on Billy Joel. About Bruce Hornsby. Bragging on Bruce Hornsby. Um, but not to take anything away from Billy Joel. He's an incredible, uh, incredible uh, pianist and composer, uh, you know, he did it. He did a classical album that'll, that'll, you know, melt your face. I can kind Not of really, it's kind some, of lullabies, some but. Billy Joel goodness. Have you never seen the last play at Shea, which was the very last thing they did at Shea stadium before they tore it down. It's Billy Joel's concert at Shea. And he's telling stories on his songs and stories on the baseball park. It's nice. awesome. You know, I've never seen it. It's great. I'm going to go watch yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's great. Go see it. A special guest in there. McCartney comes out. It's, it's money. Outstanding. So, yeah. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Great Song Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. If you're on iTunes, if you're on Stitcher, if you're on Podbean, whatever your uh, listening uh, apparatus of choice is out there, we appreciate you joining us. Be sure to subscribe. Uh, leave us a good rating, comment. Let us know what songs you want to hear. Uh, what songs are 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 we missing from our collection of great songs? Uh, anyway, that's going to do it for this this time on the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob. I'm JP. Go listen to some music. <laughs>